it was sort of like all these, these things that I clung to, uh, that gave me my self-worth were, it just, everything came crashing down around me. So I really had to spend some time thinking like, well, who am I? Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Kendra Beavis is the founder and CEO of the brand strategy studio Mocha Creative. And although her business has been very successful, her proudest achievement has been her personal growth. She survived a tumultuous marriage, battled with several addictions, as well as navigated the path through single motherhood. And each of these moments was you know, as we often face in midlife, a fork in the road for her. And at each point, she could have turned to despair or darkness, and it would have been really easy for her to give up. But instead, she didn't just persist, but she thrived. Kendra has learned to use her biggest challengers as fortifiers, and her traumas have become catalysts for her radical growth to move forward and live her best life. Now she wants to share her brand new you method with women who are looking to move past their past trauma and start living their best lives. And together with her clients, she walks them through the steps to figure out who they want to be and how they want to feel every single day. Using the BNY method, they are able to find clarity, confidence, and inspiration. If you're interested in registering for Kendra's brand new you program at a discounted rate, you can click the link in the show notes and use the checkout code MIDLIFE to register for the program at $499 when it's usually a price of $1,200. So use the link in the show notes and sign up for the program for your discounted rate today using the checkout code MIDLIFE. See you there. If you're enjoying the Dear Midlife podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review or send us an email at dearmidlife at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Dear Midlife listeners, we are excited to welcome to the podcast today, Kendra Beavis, to share with us her journey and to talk a little bit about how she discovered who she is and where she wants to go in life. So Kendra, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you because we know that you've had a really unique and interesting journey. And we'd love to dive into that and then unpack it a little bit because you've had so many moments of clarity, I think, over the course of yeah. the year. So share with us what is your journey and what were some of those moments of clarity? 
Yeah. You know, I, I've been through several different, um, I would say like transformation points Mm -hmm. where I think a lot of people, when they're faced with things that can like really kind of tear them down, I kind of do the opposite. And I, I look at them as points of reinvention. You know, of course that, that came in with hindsight, but (laughs) at the time I was like, what is going on? Hindsight is always 2020. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so looking back, looking at each different type time in my life where I had to kind of reinvent myself, I I realized that there was a method to that. So we can get into that later, but um, the first time that this really was probably the most apparent in my life was when I had to decide to ask my ex-husband to leave. And that was shocking (laughs) as unshocking as it was. Yeah. Um, You know, I just, uh, we talked a little bit before about identity. I identified as this man's wife and wow. In so many different ways, he was a very, very good looking man. I was extremely overweight. I had the lowest self-esteem I've ever had in my life. I thought very, very little of myself and, and had very not, I mean, my value was, was low and he was kind of my identity as I'm worth something because this man chose me. So when I had to decide that I wasn't going to choose him anymore, it was sort of like all these, these things that I clung to, uh, that gave me my self-worth were, it just, everything came crashing down around me. So I really had to spend some time thinking like, well, who am I? I mean, I, I did pull that trigger. It took me some time to kind of get all my ducks in a row and figure out what my life looked like without him. And, and that I think is a big part of the process of any sort of transformation is if you're not ready to take that next step, I, I recommend really sitting down and creating the vision of how do you want to feel every day? How do you want to wake up in the morning? And what do you, what do you want your mornings to look like? And for me, that was as silly as it sounds, waking up, not in a chaotic situation, being able to very leisurely get a cup of coffee made. I always grind my own beans. I wanted to be able to afford beautiful coffee because that for me signified that I had money in the bank, that I wasn't, you know, there were so many times I would go to the grocery store and not know that I could even purchase diapers for my son. Um, So for small little things like that, really diving into that detail helped me take that next step because I really was able to create the vision of of the life that I wanted to grow into and that I wanted to own. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Taking a chaos and the things that you know did not work for you. And even though you were dealing with low self-esteem and you know, challenges with, I'm sure along with that comes loving yourself. You decided I will love myself enough to start to recreate a life that is worth living again. Yeah. I started to realize that I was worth more than I was giving myself credit for. When I was looking back at the tumultuous times that we had had as a couple in our lives, every single time, like, you know, I, I want to say S H I T hit the fan. You can say shit. Every time shit hit the fan. I was the one that got us through. 
And so when I started looking at like, well, who is the one that's that's making all the money, that's making sure the bills are paid, that is working toward us buying our first. It was always me. Yeah. And where I was giving him so much credit in our lives, I realized like, hold on a second. I'm the strong one. I'm the one that has the vision for our future. I'm the one that's pulling us through by our bootstraps and making sure that, you know, everything is figured out and handled. So when I removed him from the equation, (laughs) it was like, whoa, I never had to struggle making a mortgage payment again. And I could go to the grocery store and get anything I wanted. You know, it was just such a different, different mindset, different, different whole, um, Every day I woke up and I lived that vision that I had created while I was trying to get the courage and the, and the strength to ask him to leave. So mm-hmm. I was truly living that, that new brand of myself, I love it. even to the point where I felt like in my head, a beautiful, successful woman wore heels and, and I don't anymore, but <laughs> to own that persona, I started wearing heels. I just, it gave me this confidence in myself and kind of helped me try on this new persona that I really, really wanted to embody. And when you really think about it, the person that I had defined and what I'd done was really kind of gotten down to who I really was at my core. I love that. And I love the idea of embodying the persona that you aspire to. And so that sounds like just wearing the high heels, something as simple as that was one step that you took to reach that persona. What were some of the other steps? Because I imagine, and I've been there as well, I was in a very narcissistic relationship with a man that was very controlling. And I, <laughs> I, I feel like I very closely relate to your story. And it took a long time for me to come to a place of self-love and self-recognition and the capability to embrace a new persona. So what were some of the steps that you took as you emerged from that marriage? Because what I found is that I, I had lost myself and I didn't even know who I was or what I wanted anymore. And so what were some of the steps that you took in the initial phase of walking away from that relationship to rediscover who you are? The same way that you create like a vision board for your life. I created this vision board, but really for who I wanted to be, not even just Mm -hmm. like goals, like a pool and a boat. It was like, this is who I want to embody. Um, And I did that by looking at people that I really admired. So like the SAS and the business confidence of Marie Forleo and then the spiritual aspects of Gabby Bernstein Mm -hmm. and then like the badassness of Michelle Obama Yes, Uh, at the time I didn't know her, but I mean, she'd certainly be on that vision board now. So cherry picking these things about these people that I'd loved so much, not necessarily taking on their entire persona because you are you, you're, you're individual, but picking the little things that you're like, I love that. I love the way she does this. I love the way, you know, this person travels all the time and that life looks very appealing to me. And I'd like to embody that and then not being afraid to shift. So like the heels, for instance, I mean, it's something so silly and small, but I tried that. I did it for a couple months and then was like, I absolutely hate this. <laughs> so yeah. you're let's like take that successful off. women also like comfort. Okay. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Birkenstocks now, and that's fine. Amen. I am with you. <laughs> well, and I that's think trying yourself on is what I was yeah. doing. Um, yeah. And-, and it's about as much, it sounds like for you, it was as much about finding what you did like as maybe what you didn't like. And I right. think that's a great point. 
Cause like you were saying, you didn't even know who you were, right? You kind of lost yourself. So I think a lot of people get stuck with any decision in life by the, the decisiveness of it. Oh, I have to do this. I have to be that. You don't, you can kind of like play and figure out like, well, what does this look like? And do I like that? Oh no, I don't like that. How about this? Oh, I love that. Let's keep doing that. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I heard you say earlier on how, um, you know, you were the one you were keeping the house together, making the mortgage payments, all of the things, everything that was going right and that you were able to do was because of you, but you had given that over to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just hit me. This is that this concept that I'm always fighting with this idea of us as women giving our power away to other people. And like, you know, damn it, we have these superpowers where we are these phenomenal badass bitches and we fucking give that power over to other people because of our lack of of self-worth or our lack of confidence or fill in the blank, you know, but you somehow you saw that. And, (laughs) and so this thing of you taking these bits and pieces from these amazing women is almost like I'm envisioning you building your new superhero costume yeah and like what is my superhero costume oh it's gonna i'm it's gonna have heels and it's gonna have this and you're like okay scratch that it's not gonna have heels but it's (laughs) still gonna have this over here and it's still gonna do this and you know i don't i don't know if there's something to that in the way that we should talk about this as women and i don't think we make it okay enough for women to change your mind because what have we been told when we change our minds? Oh yeah. I mean, right. that's, that's the, the downfall of a woman. Yeah. That we you're always decisive. You're fickle. Yeah. You're the, okay. you know, no, I'm figuring this shit out in a way that works for me. Right. Yeah. And so what other things would you say, Kendra, like, did you play with and create in these moments to really pull your power back to yourself and create your superhero costume? Um, That's a great question. So, you know, I think just really getting clear on what I wanted, how I wanted to feel every day that, that still, it's so much more than what I want physically, um, what I want uh, materialistically, just the idea of, I knew how I felt every day in the relationship with him. It was, it was lost. It was dark. It was lonely. It was angry. It was resentful. It was powerless. So I wanted the exact opposite of that. I wanted to, like I said, wake up in a peaceful place. Creating calm and peace is very, very much a part of my core values. Um, and that helped me figure out, you know, how to craft this new life for myself, understanding who I am at my core, you know, the things that really align with me, um, uh, authenticity, I'd had so much dishonesty in my life. Um, so for me, like being authentic to the, the, as much as I possibly can, and also interacting with the people in my life that held that close to their hearts as well. Um, it also took like a lot of inner, um, work, inner, uh, spending a lot of time with myself. So I learned to meditate. Um, I love being alone. Um, not all the time, <laughs> but it's a great reset. I realized that I think for a couple of years, I was really spinning before that 
buying courses and, um, you know, working with different people and trying to figure out like what was wrong, what was missing. And like, meanwhile, if you really just kind of tune into yourself and, and you're, if you, if you believe in this sort of thing, but you know, your higher self, um, and talking to yourself, figuring it out, like you have all the answers inside of you. And I think a lot of times people let this outer noise kind of get in and get mess things up a little bit. You, you yeah. start to lose your clarity, especially with social media. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think just getting really quiet and sitting with my own thoughts and really being honest with, um, you know, what things do I need to work on? What makes me happy? Um, and getting back down to those core values of really who I am. I love the idea of core values. You know, I've worked for so many organizations that have a set of core values that are just things that you live by every day. And so how was it that you went about this process of defining what were the core values for you? Well, I, cause I'm a brand designer, it all <laughs> like fit in. I was like, holy crap. Like I can rebrand myself the way I brand fortune 500 companies. Hmm. So I went through the same process. Um, you know, what are the things that make me feel good? What things don't make me feel good? Um, you know, what environments do I like to be in? What brings me joy? What brings me sadness? Um, and kind of, you know, there's lists you can work off of too that help um, where you can see like common core values. And that's a good place to start. And you just sort of circle yours and look for a common theme and kind of whittle it down. So you want to stick to like between five and if you really need seven, if you're mm -hmm. extra. <laughs> um, and so it's something that you can kind of just keep close to your heart and know like, okay, does this align? Because once you know those core values, it is so much easier to make choices because then you know, like, okay, well, I have this uh, new friend and you know, something feels off. Well, what is it? And if it, you look at your core values again, and there's a misalignment, you can make a different choice. I mean, you can do that with friendships, you can do it with job opportunities. I mean, the smallest things really bringing back to is, does this align with who I am? I love that dating too. I think about, oh gosh. you yeah. know, I think about <laughs> Trinity and I are both single and I don't know if you are uh, Kendra now currently or not, but you know, that whole idea of dating and because I, I think it's easy to get caught up in trying to mold yourself into what you perceive the other person wants. Mm -hmm. And so yes. I like this idea of having the core values as a frame of reference for what's important to you in life and using that as your measuring stick and yeah. it, for other people, right? Yeah. Instead of us trying to work so hard to meet the needs of other people. It's knowing what our own values are and then determining whether the other person actually fits into the frame of our values and what, right. what's important to us. And I love and that. You'll see it work in reverse too, because you just won't attract the people anymore that don't align with you. So when mm. you're leading with that and that confidence of this is who I am. And like, if I'm not for you, then I'm not for you. That's fine. I am remarried and it's very, it's very much a part of how our relationship started. I was like really upfront with, you know, this is who I am. I'm not pretending to be something else. I, uh, I, you know, it kind of led with my nerd side, I think a little bit and let those things I show a little bit more <laughs> where before that. I was like, no, 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 none of that exists. And, you know, um, 
so I was just really myself and it it's led, we're married nine years next month. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, next yeah. week. Um, Congratulations. But, thank you. But yeah, it's just a really easy relationship. And I think it's because we both kind of approached it that way. Like this is who we are and like, take it or leave it. And, yeah. you know, it, it's really all friendships, business relationship, like everything, when you kind of lead with that always works out better. Cause like, why would we ever want to associate or work with an, another person that is so misaligned? It's never going to be something that's good for either party. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because as women, we often, you know, have find ourselves in this position where we're always having to succumb to the pressure of the timelines of get it right, be better, be faster, be prettier and do it right now. And yeah. I need, you know, dinner now. And then I need work, go, go and get work together. And then I've got to drive you here and drive you there. And then it continues that frenzy continues, even when we are no longer walking within those persona cards of our lives. Right. Did you feel this pressure of timeline in your reinvention or timeline, this timeline crush of like, get it right and be the person that you want to be because you're running out of time? I did when I was much younger and it's why I married my husband, my mm. first husband, because I was like, well, I'm, I'm 23 and God forbid I get married after 20. I'm never having kids after 30. Like, what would right. that be? So yeah, I felt timelines then. I think after that part of my life, I just said, you know what? I don't give a shit anymore. I'm going to do this my way on my timeline. And I very much disassociated with titles and labels too, because, mm. you know, like the idea of being a single mom with, uh, I was two months pregnant when I asked my ex to leave. Wow. So I had to wrestle with, you know, being very honest, had I judged women that didn't have a ring on that had a belly and were walking around eight months pregnant and, you know, yeah, I think I did in the past. And I think that's why leading with who you are really. And at your core is so important because it kind of makes all the titles moot because I didn't identify as being a single mom with a baby on the way. I was just Kendra. And I was moving forward and I knew I was a better version of myself than I was the day before. And, you know, even with like business titles and stuff like that, that doesn't define me. Like it, I, it, I always have trouble with that because it's, you know, I'm, I'm more than a CEO of a company or, you know, creating this, this new brand new you thing. It's really just more about, I would like to change the world and make it a better place in some way. And if this is it, great. And if it's by making these businesses that I love and really believe in thrive due to, you know, helping them with their, their branding identity. Awesome. But underlying all of that is just the desire that I have to make the world a better place in one way or another. Oh my gosh. I have two questions that are burning in my mind. Sure. And one question is really, it must have taken you some time to come to this space of confidence because from what it sounds like with your relationship, it you were in a very dark place at some point. So what was the catalyst that just caused you to wake up one day and, and walk out of that relationship? When did you know enough was enough? I guess is the question. I love that. I love the, when was enough enough? Um, well, he was cheating on me since before we were even married. So I think it came down to, I had given him so much of myself and I had nothing else to give. And even that wasn't enough. 
Cause then he was cheating again. I mean, it was just a consistent, consistent thing. There were points where, you know, I would lay down the law or threaten to leave and he would change for a minute. But the last stage was, I found out he had gotten someone pregnant and we were in the middle of building this house and I hadn't gotten pregnant with my daughter yet. Um, and we happened to be on a marriage encounter retreat weekend. (laughs) And I kind of knew we were either going to leave getting a divorce or leave in like some serious therapy. Um, and that's what ended up happening. Once he came clean, I actually guessed, and I've actually come to realize I have like quite a intuitive side to me. (laughs) Mm. Um, so yeah, if you're cheating, never marry a psychic. (laughs) Right. Rule number one. Um, Rule of thumb. And he admitted it and we went through intense, intense therapy and and he he opened up and he was vulnerable and he was all the things I wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. And I accepted his daughter into our lives and loved her. She was such a beautiful little baby. And um and he started cheating again. And I was like, well, that that's there's just nothing else. It then it's it's proof positive it's not me. And he'll never change. So that's when I was like, all right, I need something better in my life. And I would rather have no partner than him as a partner. And, um, yeah, that, that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, but you know, what it has been in other phases of my life is, is I think you just really get to this place of like, either I'm going to sink or swim. You know, when I was going through it with alcohol, I was going to lose everything that I had built, everything that I loved in my life. And I think it was the same, you know, leaving the marriage. I was going to lose myself. I was going to lose my family and their respect because we were already struggling because keeping this secret and, you know, the, the back and forth of them wanting me to leave and me trying to protect him, I mean, it was a nightmare. And then what kind of mother was I being to my son? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with, with my struggles with my weight loss, it was the same thing. Like either I'm going to make a change or I'm going to lose everything in this case, my health. So, you know, I think that's always usually the breaking point is you realize that you're at that place. Yeah. I think Tony Robbins suggests that in his, I don't know if you've ever been to one of his seminars, but he really is, um, as a speaker tries to bring people to a place where they either vision themselves in this worst case scenario where they create enough pain that that pain becomes a catalyst for change because really truly it, it does come down to the fact that we as humans, if things are easy and nice, then what's the point in changing unless there is that point of pain. When the pain gets enough, then we it's a catalyst. It becomes that catalyst for change. Absolutely. It all made me stronger. And and I look back on every single one and, and with gratitude because yes, granted, I don't want people to go through those stages and those times in their lives when they're they're so dark, so dark. But it if you have to go through it look at the, the lesson, look at the, what it's, what it's allowing you to grow, to become. If you look at any superhero story, they always go through that moment of, okay, I need to be my own hero. So I'm thankful for every single one that I've had to face and anyone I have to face in the future. And all of this, all of these things, these milestones that you hit, these moments of transfer transformation and, um, reinvention, caused you to create the brand new you method. 
Yes. We would love so to hear about. about this creation of yours. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a method of redefining who you are and finding your yourself again. And what I always tell people that come to me and, and it's hard because you're it's so emotional when you're in a, this kind of a place and you just feel like I don't have a net and I don't know how to get myself out of this. And I don't know even which direction to turn where I love to step in and help women is, is in that place of they've either just overcome something really huge. And what they don't realize is they're in this incredible space of opportunity Mm. because it's almost like you are starting on a fresh page and a lot of times you can really create a brand new map. And so having someone to help support your vision and, and help you think bigger and grander, because when you're coming out of that space, you're just surviving. And now I want you to think about thriving. Yes. So that's what this program is about getting back to yourself and, and really creating a life bigger than you ever even imagined. Cause you can, I have, and I, I'm nobody special. I'm no different than anyone else listening to this. I, I am, you know, always a student of life. I'm always learning. I'm no, I, I have as many answers as you do. I just have, you know, a lot of experiences that I went through and, you know, I think, um, the, the methods that I've figured out have helped me and have helped a lot of people. So hopefully it'll help anyone that's listening that wants to jump in. Cause I just think life's too damn short. It sure is. And so the thing that's weighing on my mind right now is if, I mean, obviously the transformations that you've made over the course of your life from the stories you've shared have been significant. And I guess my question is really one about how did you go from this place where you did have a small sense of self or diminished vision of who you were as a person to this headspace where you're like, I am who I am, love me or leave me, because that's a huge gap, right? There's a a big spectrum in those mindsets. So how did you come from this mindset where you were feeling small to this mindset where you were so strong? Support. Mm -hmm. I just reached out. I wasn't afraid to tell people my story and ask for help. I've worked with coaches. I've been in therapy. My family's been a huge support and it's really gotten me to a place of self-acceptance, self-love, I, I had one life coach. He really changed my internal dialogue. And I think that's a huge place to, to conquer. Cause I think a lot of us struggle with that. The things we say to ourselves are just not nice. So when you can switch that up, I mean, there are many days where I'm like, damn, I freaking love myself. This is awesome. How did I even, and I think we need to do that more and we need to celebrate other people doing that more. And when you see like a friend or a family member, who's like achieved something amazing, really like make them say it. Don't even just say it yourself. Like, do you recognize the, the how huge that is? It's incredible. Cause we don't celebrate ourselves. We are told that it's braggadocious that, you know, it's your ego. No, like you've done amazing things. Talk about them. Even the small things you got to the grocery store this morning, or, you know, you made it to the bank. Good. Put that in a check mark in the win column. I love that. Yeah. It, it's funny because you know, especially when you are coming out of such a dark place 
and I've dealt with, you know, degrees of that off and on for sure. And it's funny, your, your first husband's sounds eerily similar to mine. And I think I still struggle with the, the wake Mm. of that. There are still moments that the, that wake still ripples over me and, and I find myself like trying to continue to reinvent because all, and it might be directly what you said, that my reinvention wasn't big enough. It was, it was too small. And, and maybe I stopped at the, you know, I just want to have a nice, comfortable place to be and, and where I'm at peace. And then I stopped there where there's probably a whole lot more that can come after that, right? Yeah, I mean, the modules of my whole brand new you, the, the, what it really all stands for is begin, reconstruct, assess, and nourish, and then design. So it's going through all the stages of, you know, just start and starting all sorts of things, believing in yourself again, stop believing in those cultural and societal pressures and those timelines, forgiving yourself. That's a big one we have to start with. Yes. And think about the lessons that you learned. And then in that reconstruction stage, it's really about redefining failure. You're not failing, you're learning. And stop thinking, and and a lot of, there's a lot of external input that we get when we decide to change our minds or try something new. Oh, well, that didn't work. Oh, wow. You know, uh, parental, whatever it is, you know, stop listening to those voices and really just honing into your own voice and Mm. getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is another part of that reconstruction phase because it is uncomfortable. You're not, you know working out of a space that you're used to working out of. And I, I always talk about this, trying yourself on again. So, you know, like I'm now totally embodying this bohemian (laughs) um, style. It's not anything I've ever done before, but I just, I don't know, wanted to change it up. Super fun. But one of the more serious times that I did it when I was, my daughter was just about two And I was trying to picture this life. I just wanted the baseline of it to be me and the kids and be okay with that. I didn't want to find a partner out of necessity. So the one thing that I kept getting hung up on was how am I going to go on vacation with them? Just the three of us, like you need two adults to have fun with kids, you know? And so I, to challenge that and to work on this theory, I tried on that idea of just me and the kids doing something fun. So I took them to Manhattan. I drove in, I did everything the way I would want to do it. Ordinarily, I would tell my parents and they'd be like, oh, we'll take you. And no, you can't take the train and don't do that, you know. And I didn't tell anybody. I just did it the way I wanted to do it, the way I envisioned this beautiful day. And it was perfect. I mean, she was two. So he was about five. I took them to Radio City. We saw the Christmas spectacle spectacular. She sat there with a bucket of popcorn, which I know kids are not supposed to have popcorn at that age, but she (laughs) loved it. (laughs) And it was like the best day to the point that after it was finished, I'm driving home, they're sleeping in the backseat. And I'm like, this is going to be fine. I could do this for the rest of our lives. If it's just the three of us, we're, this is amazing. So, you know, that idea of when you're not sure about something and you have this thought that's sort of outside of the box of what's like 
normal, try it. Yeah. You know, you don't like it. Don't do it again. But like, at least you're, you're kind of trying to figure it out and testing theories. Yeah. I love that idea of sort of trying on new personas. And I think that that's a great first step to transformation. If you were to make a top three list of the things that you think have worked best for you through the transformation that you've made, what would you think are those top three things that you could recommend to our audience if they wanted to get started tomorrow? Forgive yourself mm. for anything that's lurking in your head, whether you believe it's a failure, whether you, whether you believe it was a, a misstep or, or a choice you made, whatever it is, just forgive yourself because you're trying your best and none of us have the answers. I think look for support. You know, nobody can do this alone. We're not an island and nor should we be. We're humans and we need each other. So definitely get some help in, in whatever way, way that feels comfortable for you and have fun with it. You know, life shouldn't be so serious. There, there's, there's such an incredible opportunity for joy in this space. So, you know, don't get so serious about it. It's not the end of the world if tomorrow you decide I'm going to go in this direction and you don't like it. So enjoy it, have fun. It's kind of interesting to reintroduce yourself to yourself at a certain stage mm -hmm. of life, whether it's through a, you know, a traumatic situation or just a milestone in age, you know, who am I now? It's always kind of an important question to ask yourself. What do I like? What do I enjoy? Where do I find my joy? How do I like to spend my time? So have fun. Don't do anything that's not fun. <laughs> That's right. I love that. And I love the idea of not being stuck with any choice, right? I feel like sometimes we feel as though if we go this path, this is the end of the, you know, this is the end all be all path forward. And if I get down the road and I don't like it, then I think we feel stuck. Yeah. I don't know why it's so difficult for us to realize, hey, just make a new choice. Yeah. Go make a left path. instead of a right. And I don't look at that as failure because- mm -hmm. It, it was that path that led you to figuring out the next choice, figuring out the next thing. It is always, it's not failure. It's that, it's that catalyst. It's that launching pad to your next adventure. Well, how many yeah. times do scientists do an experiment until they figure out a solution? Each time right. you make a choice, you just get more information to make another choice next. And right. the ultimate goal being, you know, your happiness. Yeah. And I also want to make a point. I am, I'm not living in like the, the best place every day. Like you're just, you're going to hit spaces where, you know, you're like, crap, I thought I already dealt with that. Now here it is again. New so levels. I think, oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody Welcome lives on cloud 42. nine. Yeah. <laughs> Un, uh, unaltered anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So recognize that you're, you're going to have those low energy days. And so what I also recommend is a recovery kit. So creating something that kind of covers all your senses. I have issues with food and alcohol. So my recovery kit does not include those, <laughs> mm -hmm. but right. music like, oh, oh. <laughs> So audio, visual, just anything that really brings you out of a space of sort of that low energy. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll have a, a client call that just 
they change the scope of work again. And now I'm like, oh, my day, da, da, da. You know, just listening to music right now, I'm obsessed with Harry Styles' new album. Um, I love Harry Styles. <laughs> I start my morning with music from his sushi restaurant and dancing in the kitchen. I am oh, fun. off to the races. Um, meditation, exercise, anything that kind of like lifts your vibe and it's going to do it pretty quickly. And I'm not talking about like a long-term solution. This is just a like, you need a powdered sugar donut for the morning to lift you up. I mean, don't, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that idea of a recovery kit. You know, when I was going through my divorce, I said that I used to have a, I, I would declare a theme song. And so for a while, right after my divorce, my theme song was Fight Song by Rachel Platten. Yes, I love her. I, love I would song. wake up every day and I'd play that song and I'd be like, heck yeah, yeah. I'm ready to conquer the world, right? Exactly. And something so small it's amazing the impact that it can have on your energy huge huge yeah. yeah so i mean and sometimes it's just rest sometimes we just need to like call it a day or stop what we're doing and and shift gears um but try not to live in that space too long if you if you don't have to yeah yeah Love that if, so if somebody's self permission to stop yeah and to yeah. breathe and to take it in and then pull your recovery kit out Mm-hmm. and go. Yeah. yeah. I think the stopping and the breathing is something that I need to work yeah. on. I try to bypass that part, like go like straight from the pain to recovery kit. And it's like, you know what? I have to be kinder to myself. I need to yes. be much kinder to myself and allow myself that moment to stop and feel that pain and be in that emotion. Really? some I hear that real emotion only lasts 40 seconds. So yeah. It's okay to be there and to not run from it. Yes. And then move into that space where I'm elevating. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I used to be that everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm like, good. no, it's good. not. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel yeah. it. Breathing. Yeah. And self-care With the recognition rituals. that you're human, right? Yeah. I love that idea. You're going to have great days and not so great days. And just to acknowledge that is because I do think that social media, for example, portrays everybody's life as perfection. And I think it's hard for us in today's modern society to allow ourselves um, to have those moments of sort of distress or despair and acknowledge those as part of the human factor, right? Yeah, I try and share some of the things that I struggle with on social media purposely because I just, Mm -hmm. I don't think enough people show that side. And not that you, you know, I want to be out there like airing all my, my personal business, but at the same time, like, I do believe that we are stronger together. And I think when we show each other our cracks, um, it helps somebody else too. So, you know, I think let's use social media to be real and honest and authentic and help each other and, and stop just showing our greatest hits. That's right. I love that. So if our audience were interested in finding you, Kendra, and maybe trying on this brand new you methodology, where would they find you? They can go to brand new you.life or come find me on Instagram at Kendra Beavis. I share everything there. Um, it's, it's definitely been a really fun journey kind of coming here and all the people that have come to me over the, the last, gosh, how many years now? 12 years. Um, I, I just think life is just too short and it's so much fun. And like, I I want, when people come to me and they're like lost and down and sad, 
I just want to give them the biggest hug and help them see themselves the way I see them. And that's what I hope anyone that ever works with me walks away with. They find their own value, their own beauty and turn around and spread that to the next person too. Absolutely. Well, it's been amazing having you on and you know, as we continue to explore this topic of identify, identifying with who you are and reinventing your identity in midlife, we want to stay connected with you. And we want to bring you into this with us because we too believe that we're all stronger together and we can help all of our ladies in the middle be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today and continue to create and reinvent and put our damn superwoman heels on and um live our best lives so thank you for sharing your story and your expertise with us thank you so much yeah i'd love to give you guys a link to share with the audience it's a meditation that i made about meeting your higher self amen we'd love that absolutely we'll make sure it's in the show notes great well thank you so much for having me on thank you kendra it was wonderful um having our little fireside chat Thank you so much to our guest today, Kendra Beavis, who through her willingness to be vulnerable and share the stories of her own personal trials and tribulations was able to share with us some exceptional tips and wisdom that you can apply in your real life immediately. One, take the things that break you down and use them to learn and grow. Two, reinvention starts with identifying how you want to feel every day and what you want a typical day to be like. Three. Create a vision board for who you want to be by cherry picking the characteristics and attributes of others that you admire and then try on new personas. Four, discover and align to your personal core values. Five, don't be afraid to reach out, tell people your story and ask for help. Six, try something new. If you don't like it, just don't do it again. But the idea is to test new theories and explore new selves. And seven, forgive yourself. And when you've had a bad day, create your own personal recovery kit. Thank you, Kendra. And one more time, if you're really enjoying the Dear Midlife podcast, please leave us a review. Thank you so much for your support.